0: On the last episode, we talked about rejection and how the pain of rejection actually hurts similarly to the actual physical pain. So when we're rejected by someone that's part of our social group or part of our identity, we actually feel physically the pain of that rejection. And that plays a huge part of how we then go out and produce and how focused we are and how much energy we apply towards actually growing our business. And I want to talk about really the part of rejection, which is when we suffer that rejection, do we shut down or do we overcome? And oftentimes what we encounter is that most people shut down and lose the sense of accomplishment when they're not getting the outcome that they desire. And that often manifests itself in something that we commonly refer to as burnout. And so as we aim to make agents and entrepreneurs more profitable and productive by disrupting the way you think, I want to disrupt the way you think about work-life balance. And before you turn this off as another work-life balance conversation that's completely played out, I want to ask you this question, Mike, which is, what would you do with an extra $16,000 a year? If you had the opportunity to increase your business output by 30%, would you want to know
1: how to accomplish it? And what would you do with it? I absolutely uh, know what I would do with it. Yeah, I mean, what I would do with it is I would look I would actually invest in people. From a business perspective, I think that's where my need is. So, I think that that would actually allow me the opportunity to kind of to downshift and to actually take my business to that next level, to another gear. That's a good
0: tie-in when we think about really what today's topic is and today's topic is burnout. And now more than ever as we sit in the middle of August, or late August, I guess, in the midst of a pandemic in 2020, there's another epidemic that's taking place inside of the uh, business world, and that epidemic is burnout. In fact, 71% of employees last month said that they experienced burnout in the workplace. 71% of employees in July of 2020 said they experienced burnout at
1: work. Three quarters.
0: That's crazy. And obviously that has a huge economic issue for business owners, for entrepreneurs, for real estate agents. And so what is burnout? Well, burnout is kind of a an ambiguous concept. There really is a to some degree a confusing definition or a blurred definition of burnout. And one of the challenges that I see surrounding burnout is that it oftentimes has a negative connotation or a negative stigma, and yet with 71% of the workforce experiencing burnout last month, that really shouldn't have a negative connotation. That should be really normal by now.
1: So the question that I had, I'm sorry I mean to jump in, is like, it's, you're right, it is kind of ambiguous. So I wonder if different people are calling different things burnout.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And so in the U.S., burnout has never been actually a diagnosable medical condition. However, just recently, the World Health Organization deemed that burnout is in fact a medical condition by their definition that often manifests itself in exhaustion, a lack of personalized work, and a lack of a sense of accomplishment. So when you show up physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted when you have work that doesn't have meaning anymore to you, or you don't feel like is purpose-driven work, and when you feel as though you're not making progress at work, typically that combination is the recipe for burnout. And so how do you see that showing up right now, especially? Why is that number 71% you think?
1: Um, it's weird because I'm I'm the poster child for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yep. like, um, this is probably one of my most challenging podcasts because- The one thing about your job is you have to be really good at at counterbalancing. So I go right to that edge, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are doing that right now with, you know, unrest and what's going on, pandemic. There's people that are stressed out They're They're actually, you know, doing, you know, teaching, you know, kids or homeschooling as well as uh, balancing careers. So there's a lot going on right now and uh, people are feeling it. So. Well I'm glad you go to the edge because
0: I go way over the edge, <laughs> so okay, I will tell you that a uh, balance is by no means something that I do well. Anyone who knows me knows that i I very rarely do balance well at all. in fact i'm I'm probably I'm either all in or for the most part not interested. right. And thankfully, the thing that I'm always all in on is work and entrepreneurship. However, that of course comes at the cost of other parts of life, like currently. My uh, physical health. Like yeah. I'm more all in on work than I am on my physical um, fitness currently, which means I'm making that sacrifice, right? And right. and so this is the challenge of where burnout shows up is that without the ability to go to a gym or without the ability to um, potentially go work out, that's where we start to see exhaustion show up as well. And what what I think is interesting in the midst of a pandemic is that. I was looking at a uh, statistic yesterday just by accident where usage of public parks has increased by 250% during the pandemic.
1: Yeah. And I believe it. I mean, I bet you Amy's done yeah. <laughs> spend a lot of that. I mean, that's where we spend a lot of time. You got to blow off steam.
0: Yeah. And the workplace actual like commercial office use is down over almost 70%. We're seeing public park usage up two and a half times workplace um, foot traffic is down like 74% and yet people are still burnout at work. That's the part that's really fascinating
1: to me. Can I chime in on this? Yeah. All right. So this is my hypothesis on this. So I have experienced burnout. I remember as a kid seeing Michael Jackson and they're doing the concert and he's making millions of dollars and then he cancels his concert because he's exhausted. And I'm like, oh, what a chump. (laughs) Get up, you're making millions of dollars. Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I've done that before and I get it and I've been exhausted. So why? It's the source. It's like, if you're doing it, if you're paper chasing, if you're doing it to chase things that are external, you burn out. So there's been times where I was burnt out, but the thing that got me out of bed Is I genuinely love what I do. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it absolutely does. What it made me think of is, is like what part of you is doing the actual work itself, right? So there's a, when you do something for an external reason, you're doing it because you're not whole internally. You're looking outside of yourself to gain some worldly possession, some accomplishment, something that you, you desire to fill a gap or a void internally. Right. You go out and you get a nice car, you buy a nice house. There's something that will give you a momentary sense of accomplishment. And once you obtain it, that sense of accomplishment is completely gone.
1: Yeah. Like magic. And then you're chasing the next thing.
0: That's right. That's right. And that becomes that becomes really an unfulfilling been there (laughs) yeah that's an unfulfilling journey that you really there is no end to until you're able to make peace with who you are and um, and and come to terms with the internal portion of of working through your own identity and so that's an interesting way to look at it this is that right now or at times you have been burnt out when you chase something external or you have tons of sustainable energy when you are chasing the internal game of you versus you. Right. What caused you to have that switch?
1: Uh, you want to know what helped me? I actually remember the actual moment. I was really struggling bad. And uh, we had just, by our surprise, got baby Julian, which we weren't expecting. And she allowed me to focus. Okay. Okay what happens is you focus on your why that was the energy that i needed that particular day to get up and to perform tell me more about that though because i struggle with this
0: concept well i I did struggle with it for a really long time i think it's something i finally come to terms with and maybe made peace with tell me about this concept of why you know especially at keller williams we hear you know find your big why focus on your why And unless someone knows that answer and really has it internalized and and is highly clear on what their why is, I think that it can almost cause somebody who doesn't know that answer to feel lost, like they're not part of the cool club of people who know their why.
1: So what I mean was at that moment, it came like it was between, you know, when I read a book, um, The Power of Being Broke. Like Damon, Um, gosh, the name's come out of my head. Can't remember FUBU.
0: The FUBU founder, yeah. FUBU. Yeah.
1: Great guy. I looked at her and she was so vulnerable. And if I weren't able to provide whatever she needed, she would not have it. So then my focus became on providing for her. So I was able to get out of the bed and use that as my fuel even though I wasn't willing to do that for myself. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I
0: absolutely see what you're saying.
1: So kind of like I read another book, uh, kind of like the obliger, like what I wasn't willing to do something for myself because it was too hard. But when I looked at her, I was able to do it for her. Yeah. So that's what pulled me through it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think about, there's so many great examples of this and exactly what you're saying You know, someone like a Mother Teresa, for instance, who who, her why was everyone else, right? Someone like Jesus, Martin Luther King. They find massive amounts of energy by putting the focus on other people. And I tell this story all the time, which is, you know, I wake up. I've actually started bumping my alarm clock earlier now to 4.30. And the reason why I get up at 4.30 is because I've made it about everyone else there's no chance I would wake up at that time if it was up to my own choosing. And the narrative that I tell myself is that I can't be the leader that I committed to everyone else if I can't first lead myself to get out of bed without hitting snooze. And so I've made waking up in the morning, regardless of what time I go to bed at night, the reason why I do it for everyone else. And therefore, it's not at all challenging for me to wake up at 4.30 with two hours of sleep, or six hours of sleep eight hours of sleep because it's not about me and so by shifting the power of control from what i stand to gain instead to what i stand to give it changes what part of you does the job and how tired and exhausted you are by trying to carry that burden exclusively on your own
1: it's exhausting Yeah, absolutely. But I'll do it for this. It's the same concept of having accountability coach or accountability partner or uh, someone at the gym. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So that's one way to remove the exhaustion is to remove really where you place the energy and what part of you is motivated to do the job itself. And so if someone's new in the business, or if someone is, is starting a business, how do you do that? Because Really when you're on the grind and you're trying to get something off the ground, sometimes it it is about you or it seems that way. Yeah.
1: Well, my answer to that and it's not extremely sexy, it's routine. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally how do you eat an elephant? It's one bite at a time. And one way to kind of relieve the stress of doing something that you particularly don't want to do is like habit forming. So you alluded to something that I love to do as I get up early in the morning, I'll go to the gym. Now, since COVID, I haven't been going because I'm still freaked out by it. But I went to the gym at five o'clock. I would run. I'll read. Then I'll get home. I'll read the Bible for 15 minutes. I'll cook breakfast. Then I'm making my phone calls and setting appointments. And what I noticed is if I automatically do it, I don't have to think about it. That little bit of stress adds up or the lack of stress adds up over time. And you've, you're you like, okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. I have all my appointments set for the day, and it's noon. That's a really good
0: segue into one of the statistics on burnout, especially during this pandemic. In one of the recent studies, I mean, you you've said systems or habits or routine is one of the ways that you can... Avoid burnout and start a business simultaneously, and not not necessarily make the focus about other people. When I look at this statistic, what I see is exactly what you're saying is, is you have to develop a routine every day. Otherwise, what you end up doing is you end up creating a 66 day challenge every single day, right? You're now trying to create a new habit every day, and you as a human are not designed from an evolutionary perspective, to be able to create a new habit every single day. That's called chaos. That's overtaxing on your neurosystem. It's incredibly challenging in order to go out and create a new habit every day. So having a fixed routine every day that you follow can oftentimes be the difference between whether or not you're as volatile to burnout or not. And in fact, we see it show up from this piece of data, which is 77% of employees say the number one thing that they need to improve on during this pandemic is the boundary between work and personal life
1: while working in a remote environment. Everybody's routine has been uprooted. Yeah. And that's why 71% of people are experiencing burnout. Yeah.
0: Over three quarters of people surveyed that work from home right now are saying that the biggest challenge they have is their work-life balance and having boundaries between the two. In fact, some reports show that between 45 minutes and two hours of additional time each day is being spent on work. So the average American worker right now is spending between 45 minutes to two hours more on work than they were pre-pandemic.
1: Everybody's entrepreneurs right now. Yeah, that's right.
0: (laughs) Which really means what they're they're starting a new routine every day. That's it. And when you combine that to your point of. You know, a challenging and divisive election. Uh, when you combine that with a social unrest, when you combine that with healthcare fears and concerns, it really is a a recipe for mass exhaustion. And that shows up several different ways from a health perspective. You, you know, you see chronic fatigue, you see anxiety, you see depression, and burnout um, is hard to de- to determine between those three emotional issues, which one you have? Do you have anxiety or do you have burnout? Is it is right. it chronic fatigue or burnout? Is it depression or burnout? It's hard to determine which one it is. And so as a business owner, Mike, what do you do? What do you do to try to not be part of the the three quarters of the population that that owns a business, has employees or has vendors that you're working with that are suffering from that? that widespread exhaustion.
1: Be super aware of it. So like when you're interacting with your vendor partners and other entrepreneurs kind of, you know, have grace. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing is just take care of yourself, find a way. Like, I think it's really cool that parks are, you know, people are taking advantage of parks. Every time I go to a park or buy a park, I see people and just be, you know, be safe out there. So just make yourself a priority. And by making yourself a priority, I know this sounds cliche, Um, you're going to be able to like have the longevity. We're not invincible. I thought I was invincible and we're not invincible.
0: I still think you're invincible. Uh, So, uh,
1: (laughs) you know, it's
0: interesting because, you know, Americans take less than 50% of their provided vacation time when they're provided paid time off in 2020 workers are taking, uh, less than half of the half that they were taking before. And so as a business owner, to me, it's almost that you have to force time off for your people or you're going to have to figure out how do you how do you create it, you know, with with either paid days off as a company or paid weeks off where you almost just close down or make work somewhat inaccessible if possible yeah because most people uh, have you taken vacation this year no right
1: i'm literally tomorrow <laughs> we were going to move this to tomorrow and i was like no i'm taking thursday and friday <laughs> off i had a day off this year <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one of the big challenges right as yeah. an
0: employer this is the hard part is is that most people think myself included like this is a really um eye-opening Episode to do for me because it's really forced me to be introspective to say, okay, what's my DNA on this? Right? How how do I show up and cause this outcome? Because burnout is, is likely the number one contributor to um, employee turnover. Estimates between twenty and fifty percent of the turnover is due to burnout. And so when I look at my organization, what I see is, is that um, it would be very easy for that to occur, especially. In a service industry like one that we work in, any industry in which people are caring for other people where there's a heightened sense of emotion and a heightened sense of financial responsibility, yeah, the rate of burnout is significantly increased, and so, as a real estate agent, our likelihood of burning out is incredibly high, yeah, and that's one of the factors that that plays into eighty seven percent of our industry fails or leaves the real
1: estate industry within 5 years of getting licensed. Yeah. I can see why. I mean, I nobody tells you what to do yeah. and it's really disorienting and it's really like so unless you have the the I keep saying systems and models but unless you have that in place, that routine in place, I'm still developing routines. So like when you, when you start out, there is no normal. You just kind of okay, I'm a real estate agent. You know, this is what I do. And then over time you develop those routines, but it can be very disorienting. So you,
0: you really just touched on the third item that I, that I mentioned that shows up as one of the troubling signs of burnout, which is a lack of accomplishment or a lack of progress. Yeah. And so oftentimes when people are getting rejected, they don't see that as making progress. Or when they're not moving forward, they're not getting feedback, they're not moving towards a measurable win, they feel as though there is no sense of accomplishment. And if, if there is no sense of accomplishment, we oftentimes quit or lose passion for what we're doing. So it makes sense that nearly nine out of every 10 real estate agents drops out of the industry within five years because they have no, go- they have no roadmap, they have no daily action plan, They have no idea, no one looking over their shoulder to say, hey, this is what you do every day and when you do it and who you do it with in order to avoid that burnout. And so this is what's awesome for you, for me, for those that have made it past that threshold of that five-year burnout mark is we actually have the opportunity to solve that problem. And the problem is to actually create an environment where people know what could and should be done every day in order to feel that sense of progress. Right.
1: Yeah. Define your win. We talked about if you guys haven't listened to our last week's podcast, this is my plug for last week's podcast. (laughs) This is what we talked about. This is how if you solve this problem, it's going to help you solve your burnout problem. Yeah, because
0: when you feel as though you're moving closer towards your goal you get small hits of dopamine, right? You get these small senses of accomplishment that cause you to keep showing up a little bit more and a little bit more to get closer to whatever it is your desired outcome is. And so during this current environment of kind of both hybrid in-person and remote work, I think it's even more important that someone creates a new set of goals, goals that are, would have maybe be, been considered micro-wins before. Right, and yet when we shorten the goalpost, we're able to find something that we won with every single day that we may have taken for granted before. So maybe getting out of bed on time is actually the win today. Okay. Maybe making three calls is the win if you're a real estate agent. Maybe going on one appointment this week should be your win,
1: because you're you're really starting to build a new habit and a new set of routine. That's it. And then as you stack wins. You're gonna stack confidence. Yeah. So that's gonna help you be bold, you know, walk with swagger. It just builds on itself.
0: So, Mike, I asked you when we started sixteen thousand dollars in a check, and you said you would contribute you would you would spend that with people. I'd hire people. And I asked that and I attached that price point to it because when we look at the the research surrounding burnout the average American worker has 16,000 in um, annualized lost revenue or lost production as a result of burnout. So two-thirds of your day is spent in productivity, and one-third is lost oftentimes due to burnout-related symptoms. And so this is an issue that costs the individual business owner, the entrepreneur, a significant amount of their daily and yearly production and and pay. And so, what's a plan in order to prevent that? Well, I think there's a couple of things that that we should look at. One is a big area. I'm I'm talking to myself on this one, which is protect your yeses. I am a yes man, and that's to some degree how I how I had success was I said yes to every opportunity and every appointment or every person that wanted to meet and talk about real estate, I said yes to. Because I had no long term closing. I had, no, I had no closing scheduled for 2020 back in 2015. Right. So I met with anyone and everyone who wanted to buy a house or sell a house. The challenge is now those yeses become actual distractions and interruptions. They Absolutely. start eroding at time. And so protecting the yeses and protecting the interruptions are incredibly important. What do you think your biggest
1: instance of interruption is? For one, I want to. I want to kind of piggyback on that. Like, I think that until you get to the level, it's really hard to even imagine that. Like, I remember hearing people say, I got to protect my yeses. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. But now that I'm like, my day is boom, 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 boom. That is so vital. and. That causes you stress because Absolutely. I want to say yes to people, but I look at my calendar and I'm like, I, there's no way that I can do this.
0: So then what do you do tangibly in order to, in order to protect your yeses? Do you have a system in place? Do you have a model? Do you have a set of questioning that you go through or anything that you use to, to do a better job of that?
1: I'm not really good. <laughs> I'm okay. not the best at it. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm actually, to be honest with you, I had to, I had to get aware of it, that yeah. I was doing it. So yes, I, I don't, like right now, I'm super focused. If everything, it's, if it doesn't, if it's not, you know, you know anything to do with my family, church or work, that's pretty much what I'm doing. But I know there's like an EA, an EA, an, an assistant, they will protect your time, you know, by, you know, delegating tasks to them, uh, so that you can say yes to more people. And also they can be the gatekeeper. Everything comes through them. And then they can then articulate a lot of, a lot of like they know your message. They know what you're going to say. So that would be my answer to it. That's what I'm actually, um, that's what we're working on. So
0: I set an objective every month for something that I want to accomplish that is really something that's not actually tangible. It's something that's not measurable. And so this month's goal, and oftentimes it's something that's causing me some sort of like disturbance internally. Okay, and by that I mean what causes me to project fear, project anxiety, project anything that uh, is some sort of negative emotion. Okay, because I just obviously don't like anything that's yeah, negative that's internally, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> So my current objective is to make peace with the time that is allowed, or the time that is available. So make peace with what can be done in the time that is available. And that's my monthly objective, because what I find is that there is so much to do right now, it seems like, more than ever. There are more things that I want to accomplish than likely ever before, and yet um, at the end of the day, I find that I'm not able to accomplish near what I set out to accomplish, and that's causing me this inner disturbance. And so Um, So in wrestling with trying to make peace with that I've, I've gone and made it my goal to audit my calendar every week to audit my activities to decide am I making behavior choices that are actually causing me to feel this way as in am I doing things by choice that don't align with my goals or am I saying yes to too many things that align with my goal or do I have too many goals. Am I too unfocused? Am I saying yes too often to my unfocused goals? Or am I just making bad choices? And at times I think the answer is probably all of the above. And yet every week what I'm doing now is I'm going and looking at my calendar and saying, okay, do I actually need to be going on this appointment? Am I the best person to be doing this? Or is there someone else who could or should do this in place of me? And if I don't do it at all, Will our business suffer? And if, if I don't have to be on it, then someone else can, or it can be canceled entirely. So, I, so I've gone through now and I've started um, changing the colors on my, on my digital calendar to say, okay, green are the things that make me money and serve my goals. Red are the ones that would be the first things I'm going to shoot in the head as soon as I have something else I want to do instead. And then the other colors usually tell me like where I am in order to do them. Zoom calls, phone calls, in-person meetings, because those allow me to better know if I can reschedule them. So I'm getting clarity around my actual time. And then the other thing is, is actually getting clarity by ranking what is actually a priority. And, you know, you're, you're like me and so many others in that you're not just a real estate agent, you're, you're a real estate entrepreneur. And so you're doing marketing, you're doing branding, you're doing content creation, you're on appointments, you're building a business, and which one of those is a priority? Right. The answer is all of them. Yes. However, they don't have the same payoff in return. And so how do you determine which one is most important each day and which one is most important maybe each week or each month? Do you have a way that you're currently doing that or have done that in the past?
1: That's I mean, no, I just do it all, yeah, that's, yeah, that's time block for it, so the the way i I typically do it, and i'm I'm not saying that that's necessarily the the right way because there's times where things don't get done because oh. i you know because I'll be like, ah this week i'll I'll work on marketing, yeah, <laughs> I'll work on this next week, yeah, so you know perhaps uh that's yeah. something that i I could you know work on,
0: yeah, and I think that's actually something that we should have a conversation around soon is actually there are systems and models in place for how to be aligned with priorities and how to continually move towards objectives and and it's one of those things that's just not taught often enough especially in our industry of real estate sales is that not all priorities yeah. uh, or not all initiatives actually roll up to tangible and measurable results and yeah. outcomes and as you keep going through the levels of your business in real estate your job and priority changes. right? And yet oftentimes there's no one who's telling you what job you just acquired by changing your job title or by growing your organization. So it's challenging for you to determine what's a good personality and behavior fit and what's actually gonna move the business forward. Amen. And so what, one of the things that I've set out to do is, is look at, okay, what are the five things that give me energy? And then what are the five things that only I can do? And so I asked myself the refocusing question of if I hired Gary Keller to do this job, could he do it? And could he potentially do it better than or close to the results and outcome that I have? And the reason I asked myself that question is, is, because I look at it and say, if the Yoda of real estate were to be hired, <laughs> right. could he do this? Right. If right. I hired someone who is world-class right. talent capacity, could they do it as well or better than me? And, and if the answer is yes, then it might be something that I need to offload quickly. Go higher. Yeah. yeah.
1: But this is the thing. Like, it's a capacity thing. But by taking things off of your plate and giving it to someone world class, you're actually doing more through doing less. Absolutely. And that's kind of that's what's hard is like just to identify that. And then, OK, you know, so. And that will cause you to not, not have as much stress and less likely to burn out.
0: Yeah. So the five priorities for whatever it's worth, the five priorities that I've set out for myself, the jobs that I own are brand building because the brand building piece is exposing the company to growth, people to what our mission, the vision is, whether they're in alignment with, with what we stand for, with what we represent and whether they want to be a part of it. So I think that as a CEO, as a founder, that's my role to continue to do. And that's part of the priorities for me to learn. And that's because when you grow your business to a certain level of achievement, you actually become the business to some degree. As the company goes, the leader goes, or as the leader goes, so goes the company. And so um, one of my priorities daily is to learn. The other is to, to coach and teach. Because from a growth perspective, your business grows to the degree that you can multiply people. When you're multiplying, you should be coaching them rather than managing them. Then the other that's a priority for me is recruiting. And that's just because there is always a never-ending job of recruiting people who are talented to be in business with. No matter what level your business is, from an achievement standpoint, recruiting becomes actually one of your core competencies or one of your core priorities at all times even if that means you're just recruiting someone to to be a part of your board when you're a high level executive and so those are really the five priorities for me and that allows me to then go look at my calendar and goes well how do these activities line up yep. to those five priorities yep it makes it clear yeah and and so you know i think when you when you look at it and go okay well am i making progress well the answer is You're not making progress when you're not doing the things that are in your strength zone or that actually make progress towards your goal. Right. And that's one of the three pillars of burnout is not making progress. And then the other is not creating the boundaries, right? Which leads to exhaustion and then not doing meaningful work, which, you know, you hit on, which is doing work for the wrong reasons oftentimes.
1: Yeah. This is all about clarity. I know that the more clear I get, the less anxious I get. And the less, uh, like the less I feel like I'm about to, you know, crash and burn.
0: Yeah. I love it. Anything that we, that we didn't touch on that you think would be important for agents and business owners to know about from a burnout perspective?
1: Uh, we didn't talk about like nutrition and yeah. health. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's you know we didn't really talk about that. But you guys got to take care. We got to take care of ourselves. You got to yeah. eat right, like all that stuff. So I I know that's the last thing. But no, it's it really should probably. <laughs> I
0: mean, truly, it should be the first thing, right? It's meant. I mean, it really is like physical health.
1: Yeah. That's like the foundation. Yeah,
0: yeah, it really is. And then
1: everything kind of gets built upon that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's physical health because that drives your mental and emotional health. Right. And, and so it's funny that you say that I had that as number, number like six at the bottom of the things to do yet. You're right. It really is the, um, building block of avoiding burnout is changing your physical state. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the challenge with, with a stay at home environment or with a remote working environment. Yeah. Is you're losing a support system in with like human contact, and your physical state is often
1: incredibly sedentary by just sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, that is the biggest thing, especially when this coronavirus that shook me up. Is it literally messed my routine up? And for like a month, I was like, "What do I do now? <laughs> like, yeah. how do I, you know?" And so I was I was freaked out for a month. So once you find that new routine, I feel I feel a lot better.
0: Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll kind of piggyback on this for the next one as we look at how do you actually prepare for running a business in a crisis? Yes. So like, what are, the, what are the key elements for running your business for what appears to be an impending recession? Well, we're currently in a recession, yet in real estate, we're not feeling it. And I really don't want business owners and, and real estate agents to have a false sense of security. And so I want to dive into what kind of best practices agents and entrepreneurs need to have in place in order to avoid the fallout of what could potentially be a, a very looming negative financial environment. So we'll talk about that when we reconvene here next time.